be a support. Create opportunities to provide nurturing and instruction, but do not rescue and do not do it for them and give them the chance to fail and then learn from that failure and then keep striving and find success because that's where growth lives and that's where that reservoir of strength I was talking about earlier comes from. Welcome to the Beautifully Complex podcast where I share insights and strategies on parenting neurodivergent kids straight from the trenches. I'm your host, Penny Williams. I'm a parenting coach, author, and mindset mama, honored to guide you on the journey of raising your atypical kid. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Beautifully Complex podcast. I am thrilled to be bringing you John Wilson, who runs SOAR, that is a camp for kids with ADHD, with treks and things all over the country. I'll let John tell you all about that. So we get the right details, but we went to family weekend there, I think at least 10 years ago it's been now and had a great time. And I've always been a huge fan of SOAR. And so I am really excited to have John here and sharing some of his wisdom about nurturing grit and the art of falling forward. So will you start by just introducing yourself and let everybody know who you are and what you do? Well, Penny, thanks, and I appreciate the invitation to speak on your podcast. My name is John Wilson. I'm SOAR's Executive Director. SOAR is a nationally recognized adventure-based camp, residential boarding school, and gap year program, specifically serving youth diagnosed with learning and attention challenges. And we do it in a pretty remarkable way. We focus on adventure and experiential education. So we're taking kids backpacking and rock climbing and snorkeling and sea kayaking. And there's a course where you can learn to scuba dive. Uh, We're going whitewater rafting and rappelling and rock climbing and doing all these wonderful, extraordinary horsebacking expeditions. Uh, We have programs in Florida, North Carolina, Wyoming, California, Costa Rica. And um, it's a pretty special experience. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, one of the largest programs in the world that specifically serves this population. That's amazing. Yeah, we had the best time at Family Weekend mm-hmm. rafting and challenging ourselves, our fears, right? And learning a little more about ourselves. It was fantastic. Let's dive into grit. What do you mean when you use the word grit? So it's interesting So I'll give you my definition of grit, which is a little different than Webster's. My definition of grit is when you have a reservoir of strength that you can draw upon when faced with conditions that are particularly difficult or challenging, and you draw on that well to allow you to push forward and drive through and achieve your goals and expectations. It is something that we don't come by naturally. It it is earned. And uh, it is earned through overcoming adversity. It is earned through pushing out of your comfort zone. And it is earned mm-hmm. by successfully achieving things that are hard and difficult. We had a kid once say in a video, it was really cute. He said, you know, um, your comfort zone is a nice place to be, but nothing grows there. Mm, so true. And I think so many of our neurodivergent kids really struggle with pushing themselves and trying to do hard things. They tend to really want to stay in that comfort zone and not take a risk or a chance sometimes. And 
it's really tough then to build resilience and grit from that space. Well, and COVID certainly didn't help, right? And so we're seeing kids that are more anxious than prior to COVID. Mm -hmm. And there's some fearfulness there. There's a wonderful book that a, a woman wrote called Homesick and Happy, right? Because, you know, homesickness is a great, actually, you know, way to develop grit. You go to a place like summer camp and you're homesick mm-hmm. and you, you feel this angst about wanting to be home. But you're going to push and persevere through that. And whenever we find ourselves encountering new opportunities, even into adulthood, we get a little nervous and scared. And initially, sometimes it isn't what met our expectations. And we kind of want to retreat back to our comfort place. But if you have enough experiences, reminders, hey, that time at camp, I was really homesick, but I ended up having such a good time and making all these wonderful friends. And if I just stick it out a little bit longer and keep putting one foot in front of another, you know, I'm going to get to that place. You know, I mean, the last time I experienced that, I was in graduate school and I thought, oh, my God, what have I done? I've made this terrible mistake. (laughs) And it ended up being a really beautiful, powerful experience. Yeah. And, you know, so often we know that our kids can do it. We know they can do hard things. It's a matter of them feeling that and accepting that and being willing to push themselves that I think is so challenging sometimes with our kids. And I know that sort does a great job of helping with this. It was certainly our experience at Family Weekend. You know, we were pushed out of our comfort zone on many occasions. But my kid, who I think was like nine at the time, and now he's 20, was really proud of himself after that experience. Really proud. And like you said, noticing these things, right? Calling attention to the times that they did something hard is really helpful, right? You know, It's true. And what are you more proud of? The things that came easy to you or the things that you had to work Mm. to overcome, to figure out, to strive for? I mean, honestly, all of us recognize that those are the things in our lives that matter. The challenge is that kids today sometimes get really frustrated and are willing to give up and not try and not push through those moments of, I can't. Mm -hmm. I've watched kids on a rock climb site. I can't all the way themselves to the top. I can't do this. I can't do (laughs) this. I can't do this, you know, and just just try and reach one more little little spot. You know, you can come down whenever you need or want to, but just see if you can make one a small go. I can't do it. I can't do it. Next thing you know, they've stepped up and and they've actually climbed, you know, another two feet. And, you know, I want to come down. Great. You can come down or, you know, you could maybe try one more move. I just, I can, then boom. And the next thing you know, I say, hey, you're at the top. What? Yeah. You know, and, and then you take those experiences and you, you remind kids through other adversity that they were able to kind of push through and surprise themselves. Yeah. And I call it failing forward. If we don't fail forward and instead we just experience failure after failure after failure and we quit, then the opposite of grit occurs. And that is... We become fearful and afraid to try, and we don't expand our horizons, and we give up. And in adulthood, those factors don't compel folks towards success. You know, willing to take a chance, willing to strive, uh, striving for something excellent or striving for something better, willing to kind of persevere and push through, those become critical to our survival as individuals, as we're trying to achieve some measure of success and happiness in our lives. And without it, 
it can be really devastating. And there's a real correlation between a lack of grit and folks who experience failure as a constant in their lives. Mm, Yeah. The story you were talking about with the kid climbing the rocks, what struck me were two things. One, he had encouragement. He had someone supporting him through it. And the other was that it was broken down into small steps. You, You don't need to climb to the top. There's a third component there. And that third is, it was a challenge by choice. He was making the choice. Mm. He had the choice to say, you know what, I'll come down. Right. But he was being encouraged to just maybe try, a l- just, just extend yourself a little bit more. And it's that choice. Grit really has a very powerful impact when individuals are striving for something and then experience success through adversity. Yeah. And we so often need to support our kids in that in those ways. Like this is a good map for raising and educating neurodivergent kids. I will tell you about a very poignant moment in our family's life. And to this day, it still resonates with my son. And I have permission to share this story. Uh, I, okay. I got a phone call from my wife and she said, I need you to get home right away. I just got off the phone with Jay, who, by the way, at the time was in the seventh grade. And the message she got from Jay was that he wanted to kill himself. Mm. I'm 15 minutes from home. I made it there in seven. I walked in. I said, hey, man, how you doing? And I'm not having a great day. And I'm like, okay, um, well, hey, listen, I've been meaning to show you something. I think it's time. And I took him outside and I had bought him this little flint and steel kit to make to spark a fire. And I had a tinder bundle ready and I put it together for him and I showed him how to strike a fire. And of course, you know, dad got it in one try. And then I gave him the tinder bundle and he was really excited to try. And he started, you know, doing the flint and steel and, you know, he wasn't getting a very good spark. And so we practiced technique and then um, he was struggling. And I said, um, all right, well, I'm going to go inside. Uh, You you can keep working on this. He's like, well, can I come inside? I'm like, sure. After you started a fire. Well, what? I can't come inside. So I started a fire. I'm like, no, you've got all the tools to make this happen. You know, this is, you can do this. You got this. Well, I would check on him every few minutes. And he was probably working with that thing for 30 to 45 minutes. And his hands hurt. He was like, Dad, this it hurts. And I said, well, do you want to quit? Yes. No. Yes. I said, okay, well, you can quit anytime you want to. Well, can I come inside? No, 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 no. You can't come inside until you start a fire. <laughs> so he kept at it. And so we worked on more technique. We floofed up the little tinder bundle. We, you know, we got, and and by this time he was getting really good strikes. Like any one of these sparks could have hit. But to our great advantage, you know, he really, really had to work. And so about 45 minutes into trying and, and being frustrated and wanting to quit and throw the thing down and pick it back up and start again, one of those sparks finally caught the little tinder bundle on fire. And all of a sudden he had this flame. I mean, this really nice sized flame and I'm celebrating it with him. And I said, Jay, how does that feel? And he said, it feels like Christmas morning. And I said, do you know why? He says, yeah, because I had to work so hard to get it done. And finally it worked and it worked because I did it. And I said, that's right. Hmm. Part of the reason it feels so good is because you thought you were going to get it and you had to work really hard to do that. Right. He's like, yeah. I said, today was kind of a tough day, wasn't it? 
He said, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, we have to sometimes have those days in order for us to climb the mountain and have these extraordinary days where if we just keep pushing and striving and working towards resolution and finding new opportunities and growing, we get to have these moments that feel like Christmas. I said, you know what that's called, son? And he said, no, dad, what? I said, that's called grit. And from that day forward, anytime that he was struggling or he was you know, wanting to give up, he started running cross country and I'd yell, where's your grit? And you could see determination kind of come across his face because he knew that if he just pushed a little harder, he would find that moment at the end. Yeah. And then as we had a chance to talk about his day, it wasn't that he wanted to kill himself. It was just a really lousy day to be Jay and he kind of wished he hadn't been born. Mm. And so when we're at those low moments, and then we find ourselves striving towards something. And when we achieve it, it's just a miraculous experience. And so Jay found his grit in the seventh grade. And every once in a while, we just remind him, you know, where's your grit? And you see this determination come over his face. And I honestly believe that we rescue kids far too quickly yeah. and don't let them learn from struggle and learn from, you know, failure and then be able to learn how to fail forward. And when we rescue kids and don't give them those opportunities to fail and then learn from those experiences, we are eliminating terrific opportunities to help nurture grit. Because grit only comes when you've got to strive towards success. Now, that story is such a remarkable example of that because I didn't take his hand and start that fire for him. We talked about technique. We made sure that he had the right resources. I created an environment which I knew he could be successful. Right. But ultimately, he had to do that for himself. And when that occurs, it's really special. And so when we try and create those challenges for our kids and, we, and give them those experiences, my advice to your listeners is, you know, be a support. Create opportunities to provide nurturing and instruction, but do not rescue and do not do it for them and give them the chance to fail and then learn from that failure and then keep striving and find success. Yeah. Because that's where growth lives and that's where that reservoir of strength I was talking about earlier comes from. And without it, you know, it just doesn't work. Yeah. SOAR is this adventure, high adventure program and it's sort of based on the outward bound model. And the outward bound model is a great example of what happens with folks who have grit and a lack of grit. Kurt Hahn years ago uh, found that in World War II, naval seamen that were sunk, that the young, healthy kids who should have lived died when they were in the ocean, when the boats were sunk. But the grizzled old veterans who might not have been as healthy, they lived. And mm. why? Why was that the case? Well, the grizzled old veterans had belief they had been through adversity. Yeah. They believed they would overcome their circumstances, and it gave them a will and a reservoir of strength to draw upon. The younger folks didn't have it. They had that lack of belief, and they didn't strive to survive and perished. And so this whole idea about nurturing grit and developing resilience and helping folks find that within themselves, that sense of belief that I can overcome, became an industry. It's such an important life skill <laughs> to be able to push through, right, and to build that grit. 
I am certainly guilty of doing too much and rescuing in the past. I think that a lot of parents are. We fall into that trap of not wanting to see our kids hurting and we overdo it and we overcompensate. And so it is really important. And I think too, I noticed during COVID that kids were really thinking it was the end of the world. And I thought, you know, they haven't gone through anything else yet like we have. We've been through several things in our lifetimes, but they hadn't been through something that extraordinary and it returned to some sort of normalcy, right? And I think that's part of learning that hard things happen, really hard things, really scary things can happen, but we can also get past them. You know, Penny, my daughter just graduated and she is the first class to have a normal graduation since COVID. Mm. Maybe the secret blessing of COVID is that these kids have experienced something that was really hard. Yeah. And they can draw back and look at what they had to do to be successful and know that they've experienced something unlike any. I mean, that event is seminal. I mean, we never experienced anything like that. I mean, of course, I, you know, I used to have to learn how to hide under my desk in case there was a nuclear war, right? And, and right. the fear of that. <laughs> but, you know, which thankfully our kids haven't had to do. But oh, they have their own horrible drills. That's right. They have their own horrible drills. Mm-hmm. Really scary. It's a tough world. I want to talk a little bit more about your concept of failing forward. Okay. Can you give us maybe an example? What does that look like? Sure. So, and this is really important to our ADHD you know, population, our neurodiverse population, because most models of problem solving look something like you take an assessment. What are your resources? What's my real objective? What am I trying to accomplish? Then when you have all those together, you make a plan and a plan to succeed, a plan to kind of overcome or achieve the thing that you're trying to do. And then once you have all those pieces, you actually implement the plan, right? Right. Whether it works or not, you evaluate what you need to do differently and then kind of start back at that assessment piece. Are there more resources that I need that I didn't have? But our kids, obviously, they jump right in and to implement, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And so they're inevitably going to fail. And so if failure is going to be their first step, why can't we start to view that as practice, Mm -hmm. as an opportunity to learn what we don't know, to make mistakes and experience pitfalls and figure out what doesn't work, then go back and look at what are those resources that I need? What was I missing? And then make a new plan. Because some of us, you know, conceptually need to sort of get our fingers all up in it and tear it apart before we can understand what it is that we are trying to accomplish. So failing forward is the idea that I can expect to fail and then I'm gonna learn from that failure experience and I'm going to then find the resources I need, the tools I need, the support I need in order to try and achieve the objective that I'm trying to achieve. You know, there's two little interesting caveats here, or or not caveats, but wonderful quotes I wanna share. When Edison was asked, you know, how he came up with a light bulb, he said, well, I learned, you know, what was it, 2,156 ways to how not to make a light bulb. Mm-hmm. Again, I just pulled that number out of thin air, but it was something like that. It was a lot, yeah. And then Isaac Asimov, who wrote, you know, the robot series for science fiction, 
wrote this wonderful quote that I think makes so much sense. And it is that great discoveries in science are rarely heralded by the words Eureka, but instead, huh, that's funny. <laughs> right? And so right. that's how we learn. We learn because funny, weird stuff happens and like, oh, you know what? I could apply that to this over here. Yeah. So one of the secrets of what we do at SOAR is we call it the metaphoric transfer of learning. And we experience failure or success. We talk about it. And then we're going to try again. And then we're going to see if we can't relate those strategies that we employed to be successful back to home and real life situations. You experienced that on the family weekend yeah. and the rafting trip. We talked mm-hmm. about, okay, what happens if we get stuck on a rock? What do we do? Do we yell? Do we scream? Do we bicker? Do we cry? Do we all just panic and give up? Well, no, we keep finding different strategies and we work together. By the way, I don't know if I ever told you this, but we would get stuck on rocks on purpose in order to give you that experience. (laughs) Yeah, I experienced that. And I went over and under the raft. Yes, that was my experience. I I had a feeling. And, you know, and I've often reflected those moments, those kind of those war stories, those I fell out, I went under the raft, but I overcame. That makes that experience so much more powerful for you than... Oh, it was nothing. Then it being easy. It was yep. it was easy. It was nothing. And uh, it was nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's those moments where we have to, you know, survive, to strive forward. Again, that's grit. And when we can give that to our kids and provide experiences for them to do so, then we are honoring the spirit of adventure and growth. Yeah. It's so good, too, for anxiety. You know, I have anxiety. And so I started that rafting trip telling Joe, I think it was, I'm so anxious. My kids don't know how to swim. Like I gave him the whole spiel. So of course he was going to need to push, right? Not just the kids, but me. And I ended up being the one who got wet. But yeah, it was so fun though. Like I wouldn't have chosen to go rafting, but I went because it was part of this weekend. And then I was like, I want to do this again. You know, and I kayak all the time now, which is something I probably wouldn't have done before that either. So just me as the parent had a great experience there, but so did my kids. And we talked a lot about, you know, how you apply that now in your life to real life stuff, because I think without that, it gets lost. Our kids, especially like my son's also on the spectrum and he really needs to like really overtly connect things like that. Right. And so that's I think a key piece of what you were talking about as well is making sure that we tell them what that means for real life, everyday life. You know, and I think that the final thing I'll say about nurturing grit to your listeners is just like you were kind of stretched and pulled out of your comfort zone on the raft, we also had lots of protocols in place Mm -hmm. to make sure that as you experienced adversity, you were going to be okay. Right. And so that's where that support network is critical. You know, allow for failure, but still have the support necessary to allow kids to learn from those failures and then keep pushing forward. You know, someone once said, you know, what about a sink or swim mentality, right? And then the answer is, when was drowning ever a growth experience for somebody? Right. But if you are tossed in the deep end of the pool and you're able to make it to the end and rescue yourself, you're going to feel much better about that than if a life vest or uh, something was thrown to you to rescue you. But one should be there just to make sure Mm -hmm. we want to find ways to continue to nurture. And 
And one of the key ingredients of SOAR is we push kids to the point that we know that they can be successful because success is something that our kids desperately need. And we want to provide for that because success breeds success, which in turn helps create grit. Mm. Yeah. And two, the more successes we experience, the more our brain wires in that way. You know, there's so much biology behind it, too. It's really, really powerful stuff. For everyone listening, I want to make sure that you know how to connect with John and with SOAR and learn more about SOAR, not only the summer camps, but also the school that is there as well. And you can find links to that and their social media and any references that we've talked about as well at parentingadhdandautism.com slash 229 for episode 229. Any last words of wisdom you want to share? Sure, and you can reach out to us directly at uh, our website is soarnc.org. And my last piece of wisdom comes from being at the tail end of getting a chance to raise two remarkable kids and Mm. my daughter will be going off to college. Pardon me, I get a little choked up thinking about it. Yeah. But One of the things that I did, I'm really glad I did, was I never played the what's next game or I can't wait until game. Instead, I made sure that I enjoyed every single moment and tried to maximize the growth opportunity and the fun opportunity and the experience opportunity of every chance I got to spend with my kids. And so understanding that it's moments and experiences and time with each other that create the fabric that weaves the tapestry of our lives. And so get out there and do things with your kids. Yeah. Have experiences, have adventures, make memories, because those memories also create grit. Yeah. And it goes by so fast, as I'm sure you can attest now as well. It goes by so fast. So I love that. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. And of course, thank you for being here, John, and sharing some of your experiences and wisdom and about SOAR as well. And I will see everyone next time. Take good care. Thanks for joining me on the Beautifully Complex podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share. And don't forget to check out my online courses and parent coaching at parentingadhdandautism.com and at thebehaviorrevolution.com.